0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Branson Bellow. Just very briefly, I'll share the word with you and I would talk about three things. The first is about the Father, God the Father. Second is about the Son. And third is about The gospel. Firstly, what does Christmas symbolize when it comes to the father? What is the father's role? Or what is the father's, um, how do we view the father when we say the word Christmas? So the first thing we must understand about the father is that Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus, reveals the Father's love for you and I. I used to think before that Christmas was the reason why the Father eventually loved us. In other words, I thought that it was after Jesus came, he died, he was buried, and he rose, that the Father now had pity on us and he loved us. Because the sacrifice of Jesus is the reason why you and I have forgiveness of sins. A lot of people thought that Jesus was killed, but Jesus wasn't killed. He gave his life, meaning that he came to die. It was the one reason why he came. He came to die. So, but I thought that all the while, God was angry with man. Then when Jesus showed up, He was born, he died, then God stopped being angry with man. That was my initial thinking before. But much later as I grew in the scripture and in the word, I realized that God has always loved us. And he has always thought about us. And the proof of the fact that he has always loved us and thought about us is that he sent Jesus to come. So Jesus is the proof. Let me put it this way. Christmas is the proof of the Father's love. When it comes to the Father, Christmas is the proof of the Father's love. We know this popular verse, John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So Christmas is a manifestation of the proof of the father's love. So that's the first thing you must understand about your father. So God has always loved me. Even before I was born. Even before our forefathers were born. Even before Jesus was born. God has always loved mankind. The Bible says in John chapter 1. It says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The word word there is the word logos. Which means Thought. In the beginning was the thought and the thought was with God and the thought was God. So it means that if you want to know what God was thinking about, you have to know what that thought became. In verse 14, he says, and the thought became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So that thought became Jesus. So if you want to know what God was thinking from the beginning, even before Jesus showed up, look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the thought of God. Jesus is the proof of the fact that God has always been thinking about me. The angels got confused one day and they said, what is man that you are mindful of him? Now we have further clarity on what God was mindful about us. He was mindful about us, knowing that he's thinking about his son who will come to die for us. So when he was thinking about you all the while before you were born, before creation, he was thinking about his son Jesus and how his son Jesus will bring salvation for you. So let me let someone know today that God has always been mindful of you. I want you to say this with me. God has always been mindful of me. So that's the first thing about the Father. Second thing about the Son is it reveals when it comes to the Son now. Christmas reveals the humility of the Son. It reveals the humility of the Son. The Son Jesus was in glory but he chose to humble himself so that he can do this work called mankind And die for you and I. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let me show you that. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Who being in the form of God. Did not consider. It's robbery to be equal with God. In other words, Jesus. Before he became Jesus. I just showed you in John chapter 1. That he was called the word. So, he was equal with God. That's the mystery of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All of these three, they are God. So, Jesus is not junior God. Jesus is God. Do you understand that? So, he says, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. There is no Christmas without humility. Jesus had to be humble for you to have what you call Christmas. He was humble. He was first of all humble to become a human being in the first place because he was in the place of glory with his father. So him putting on flesh, the likeness of flesh. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter two verse, I think it's verse 14 or 13. It says he took part in the same. What does that mean? It means that he took part in putting on flesh, To becoming a human being. So if you see Jesus in the form of a bond servant. And coming in the likeness of men. Let's see verse 8. Next verse. And being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Somebody say humbled himself. He humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. So. The first thing you must understand about Christmas when it comes to the sun is that Jesus had to be humble for Christmas to be possible. And this is a lesson for you and I in this season. Pick up humility as a virtue. Pick up humility as a virtue. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I know God has blessed you. I know you have testimonies. I know you are Awesome and almighty. In fact, some of you are like most high. But you must learn how to humble yourself. So in this season, have the reflection of humility in your heart. So that just as Jesus humbled himself and he was obedient in the fashion of man. He was obedient to the point of the the cross, the point of death. He was obedient. He humbled himself. That's the way you should be in this season. You know, God has blessed you. God has kept you. Um, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are blessed above all people. It is true, but you must humble yourself. So, in this season, think about Christmas. Think about humility. So, let this mind. Can you say that with me? This mind will be in me. Tell your neighbor, let this mind be in you. So, be humble in this season. No bragging. No bragging about anything. Salvation in the first place is a gift. There is nothing that you have that God didn't give you. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Salvation, He gave you. Jesus, He gave you. Faith, He gave you. Blessings, He gave you. Righteousness, He gave you. Forgiveness of sins, He gave you. Heaven, He gave you. You're not trying to walk to be in heaven, you're not trying to make heaven. You're not on a slippery road. You know those days we sang songs as if to say that if you don't take care, you will slip off because the road is thin and narrow and slippery for many a day that begin, but few a day that end there. No, 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 no. The Bible says about God and you that he says that he has put you in in, 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 in God's hands and nobody can pluck you out of God's hands. It's impossible. It's not you who is holding God. It's God who is holding you. So everything he gave you. Everything, your life, he gave you. Christ, he gave you. Whatever you stand to share, he gave you. The money you have, he gave you. The relationships that are a blessing to you, he gave you. So can we just in a few seconds thank God for all the gifts that surround us? As people. And let's just say thank you Lord. For giving me all these things. Hallelujah. So it reveals the humility. Of the son. Second thing that Christmas does in perspective. When it comes to the son is. It also reveals the responsibility. Of the son. What is the responsibility of the son? Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. I quoted the scripture when I came up here. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, what is the purpose of Jesus. For he will save, what do you see there on the multimedia? For he will save his people from their sins. That's why John looked at Jesus and with a loud voice he cried, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. So the appearing of Jesus was for the purpose and the responsibility of saving his people from their sins. We bless God that Jesus came. We don't only bless God that he came. We bless him for fulfilling the purpose for which he came. Because at the end of the day, if he did not die, Christmas won't make sense. In fact, what gives credence to Christmas is the death of Jesus. The fact that he died makes Christmas colorful. If Jesus did not die, there will be a problem. Our salvation will not hold water. But he died, he was buried, and on the third day, God had no choice but to raise him up. And he sat him at the very right hand of the father. No wonder David prophesied, he says, thou shalt not leave my soul in hell. Neither shall thy suffer thy holy one to see corruption. It was impossible for Jesus to be in the grave. Why? Because his life was a proof of the father's will for you and I. So, we have come to salvation because he was born. But most importantly, we rejoice that he died. So, when we get to Easter, Easter is the purpose of Christmas. I hope you understand that. So, Easter is what makes Christmas make sense. So, we're not people without understanding who celebrate Christmas without knowing the purpose for Christmas. So, Jesus came, he was born, but I'm glad... That he fulfilled the purpose for which he was born. And he obeyed. Ah, Jesus obeyed. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before you? Or before him, he endured the cross. And he despised the shame. That's what Jesus did. It was painful. But he went through that cross for you and I. Praise God. He endured that cross for you and I. They beat Jesus. They flogged him until he lost human. Uh, um, um, stature. He didn't look like a human being. You've seen the passion of the Christ before. You've seen that movie before. The passion of the Christ is just the tip of the iceberg of what really happened because it wasn't just soldiers that were beating Jesus. The Bible says that he pleased God to bruise him. So while the soldiers were beating Jesus, God himself from up was giving him blows. And you know what God was doing? God was putting your judgment on Jesus and Jesus, he when he, everything was done, he opened his mouth and he said, it is finished. What is the meaning of it? It is finished. Not the, not the nails. Not the fact that they had finished crucifying him. No. He said it is finished because the judgment of God had been completely poured on Jesus. So no more judgment for you and I. Because somebody came, he was born, and he would die, and he swallowed up Judgment. And then he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished before he died. He finished the job before he even died. After he swallowed up judgment, he now gave his life. So you can't take my life. I lay my life down and the father will raise me up. So the responsibility of the son is one of the purposes of Christmas. Hallelujah. So I thank God that he has saved us from our sins. Then the third one is the gospel. The gospel. What is the purpose of Christmas when it comes to the gospel? Christmas fulfills. Or let me put it this way. The gospel fulfills Christmas. The gospel fulfills Christmas. It fulfills the birth of Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. The gospel fulfills Christmas. It says, who has saved us? Now, before Jesus died, it will be he will save. You know when he was born and the angel announced, he says, for he shall save his people from their sins. Future tense. But now, this is the epistle, past tense. Who has saved us? And called us with the holy calling, not according to our works. That's why I told you it's a gift, so be humble. Not according to our works. It's not your performance that ends you salvation. You're not trying to make heaven because of what you do. You're not trying to be holy because of what you do. He made you holy. So it's because you are made holy by him, you now act holy. He made you righteous because he has given you the gift of righteousness through the work of Jesus on the cross. Then therefore you act righteously. You didn't, you you didn't behave like a boy before they called you boy after your mom gave birth to you. Identity came before behavior. So it is after identity has shown up, then they now start to teach you how to behave like a boy. When you, be, when you were born a lady or a girl, they had to tell you, maybe you have seven, eight brothers and you are the only girl. There is a tendency that you'll be a tomboy, most likely, because you are playing ball with your brothers all the time. But sometimes mommy might pull you by the side and say, this is how a girl behaves when you are sitting across your legs. But you are already a girl. It's not crossing your legs that makes you a girl. When Jesus died on the cross, he the gift of righteousness. So you're going to heaven is because you put your faith in Jesus. So he says who has saved us and called us with the holy calling. This is the assurance we have. That's why I know I will see you in heaven. I'm not going to die now. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's why I know that when the trumpet sounds, let me put it that way. When the trumpet sounds, all of us you know what, Akporu said that he will not stand near a, a man of God when the trumpet sound Because according to scripture, it says that one shall be taken and the other shall be left behind. So if he stands be, be, be beside a pastor and the trumpet sound, who do you think is going to go? So he says he's going to stand beside policeman. <laughs> beside policeman because he's sure he's living. Listen, I'm sure that I'm going to see all of you in heaven. Who puts faith in Christ here? You put faith in Christ... Somebody say with me, I believe in what Jesus has done. That's your salvation. Simple. God made it simple for you and I. That's why Jesus came. He did all the work. All the work. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. I'm just, I'm just digressing, but it's fine. We'll come back to 2 Timothy 1 9. Romans, he says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who walks. To everyone who what? Use another version. Use another version. Use NLT message. It says, For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. If you believe in Jesus, you are made right with God. It's not your activity that makes you make. I just almost tear, but it's fine. It's not your activity that almost, uh, that, that almost made you right. It's not your activity that made you right with God. Complete it in your mind for me. Look at all of you who are supposed to be helping the pastor. You are yeah, there looking and laughing. It's not your activity that makes it right. It's your believing. If you, if you put faith in him, you are made right with him. Then now that you have put faith, you are made right with him. What happens? You begin to live out your nature. But the good news is now, he knows that you can't live out your nature by yourself. So, what does he do? He comes inside of you to help you live what he has called you to live. No one of the Bible says, "For God is at work in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure." Where's that scripture? Philippians two, 3, two, twelve and thirteen. Show me that scripture. Philippians two, twelve and thirteen. Therefore, we beloved, as You have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Walk out. You know, they use the scripture to threaten us in those days. Walk out your salvation with fear. Man, you're supposed to put vibrato in the mic so that it will echo, so that the people truly will be afraid. With fear. See, you're not even helping me. With fear and trembling. So, now it says walk out your salvation. Well, let's look at the next verse. They don't read the next verse. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So when they said, when they said live right, you cannot live right. Because in yourself, you can't do it. So what is God? God, God is wise. He now says, I'm going to help you. Let's see the NLT version of this verse 13. It says, for God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Show me the message version. Show me the message version. Oh, hallelujah. Show me the message version. It says, that energy is God's energy. An energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. It's God's energy that is at work in you. I know some of you are fighting this thing. Hi, Pastor wow, I'm showing you the Bible. Oh. You know, don't worry. A lot of us, we struggled with this thing. But if you want to get to heaven on your own merit, no heaven for you. But if you stand on the merit of only what Christ has done, then there is heaven for you. Some people, won't, when they get to heaven, they won't even know why they got to heaven. Is that faith in Christ that took them to heaven. It's not their works. So that's why we have no reason to boast at all. Hallelujah. Salvation, gift. Jesus, gift. Even Holy Ghost, gift. Forgiveness of sins, gift. Righteousness, gift. Heaven, gift. Even the faith that you have is the faith of God. Galatians 2.20. Let me show you. Galatians 2.20. Use King James Version. That faith is not even your faith. Because when you heard the gospel, faith came to you. It says faith cometh by hearing. It didn't say faith is generated in you by hearing. Faith comes to you. It said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, faith of the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That faith is not your faith. You who is saying, I believe God. It's not your, faith is not bone face. Faith is not willpower. Faith is a gift from God. You believe God. It was given to you. So let's close. Let's go back to 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. So the gospel fulfills the birth of Jesus. Who has saved us and called us with the holy calling. Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace. Which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Next verse. But now. He has been revealed by the appearing of the savior. Jesus Christ. who Who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Oh, I wish you understand this. God had a plan before. That plan was manifested in Jesus. Then that plan, after being manifested in Jesus, was now declared or fulfilled by the gospel. So the gospel, which is the announcement of the forgiveness of sins because of what Jesus did, the gospel is what fulfills the appearing of Jesus. So the gospel, it fulfills Christmas. When you hear the gospel message, that is the fulfillment of Christmas. And what is the gospel? He died. He was buried. He rose again. A to Z. Full stop. He died, he was buried, he rose again. And I put my faith in that. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. It is stupidity to the people of the world, but it is wisdom for you. All your questions are summarized in that answer. When you ask questions, how can my life make sense? He died, he was buried, he rose again. How am I going to be happy when there is no reason to be happy? He died, he was buried, he rose again. How can I have peace when nothing makes sense? That He gives you peace that passes all understanding. He died, he was buried, and he rose. How am I going to trust God for blessings and abundance and overflow? He died, he was. You know, if you did Father Mass, who did Father Mass? Wow, very few hands. You did further math. The Y, the X. Remember that? I love math a lot. I love math a lot. Now, you see one small formula. Small formula. Where they now say derive. (laughs) That derive. Runo, come and help me now. Runo. That small, when they say derive, now two pages can just be going as you are deriving. (laughs) Small formula. You know what? So that's to tell you that there's a body of work that had been studied and put together to arrive at just that one small formula. What is our formula in the kingdom? He died. He was buried. And he rose again. Gospel. So when you have questions, hey, now you're talking. When, when you have questions in your life that you are supposed to write pages about. All you need to do, just use the answer. He died. He was buried. And he rose again. As simple as that. I expect the best that God has to give me in the coming year. Why? He died. He was buried. And he rose again. Why will you give birth to children that will make sense? He died. He was buried. Lord, I'm trusting you for a life partner. I'm trusting you for a good wife, a good husband. God gave me a good wife. Amen. It was our wedding anniversary, I think it was two days ago, and I was just thanking God for a good woman. You know, there's what can be fine outside and inside is another thing. Because what you are sleeping beside every day, it's important that the inside of that thing is, is, it makes sense. So every day I thank God for giving me a good woman. It's, you know, I didn't plan to say this, but can I just talk? Look at you. It's easy to be quiet than to lie. For me, it's easy to just be quiet than to lie. So I'm not lying. I'm just saying what is. And I thank God for giving me a good woman. Good woman. So when you are praying and you're asking God, Lord, give me a good spouse. Give me a good partner. Give me good children. Give me good anything. Fill in the blank. Your anchor should be the gospel. He died. He was buried. It doesn't make sense, but it will make sense. How can a, a virgin giving birth make sense? Is that not why we're all wearing cloth today to celebrate something? So that means you believe it. Why do you believe something impossible? With the nice white shirt you are wearing. Why do you believe it? You put perfume on your body just because of Christmas does Christmas make sense think about it does Christmas make sense let your neighbor answer for you does Christmas make sense somebody who has not seen a man before that's why the husband was saying "You they whine me does Christmas make sense how can he make sense so you are celebrating what doesn't make sense and you think that everything God will do for you will make sense I'm not looking for what will make sense in this season. Because my answer is he died, he was buried, and he rose. Again, jump on your feet, everybody. Let's celebrate God because he sent his son Jesus and he died. He was buried and he rose again. That is the joy of Christmas. That is the beauty of Christmas. He died. Give your neighbor a a high five and tell your neighbor he died. He was buried and he rose again. Somebody shout in this house. Glory. He died. He was buried. He rose again. Anchor your life on that truth. Finish. That's why Jesus came on. That's why he came. Anywhere he went, he was doing good. Almighty. now you sang that song anywhere he went he was doing good right anywhere he went he was doing good it is true but you see that good healing the sick opening blind eye raising the dead all of that good was not as good as when he said in the garden of Gethsemane father not my will your will. You see that cross he was on, that was the ultimate good he did. So it makes no sense if Jesus fed 5,000 people, opened blind eyes, healed the sick, and say this cup and no feet. It makes no sense. So, But we thank God he drank that cup for the joy. That's why sickness cannot stay in your body. As I came up and I was singing, I saw sickness leaving people's bodies. Some of you came to church today, you already feel better. Some of you, the burden in your heart has been lifted. It's not because the pastor said anything specific, but there is just something about your heart. There is freedom of spirit now. You already know that I can feel possibility around. Who feels possibility all around? Come on, come on, come on. Am I talking to real people here today? Who just feels that all things are possible with God right now? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not here to excite you. It's the scripture. The Bible is life. If you hear the gospel, it will give you life. So we bless God. Father, we thank you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash StandpointABJ, twitter.com slash StandpointABJ, instagram.com slash StandpointABJ, and on soundcloud.com StandpointABJ.